0: It's Philosophy Talk. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture.
1: Television that plums the depths of mind-bending metaphysical mysteries.
0: We are controlling transmission. Philosophy on the boob tube? We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can change the focus to a soft blur. Or sharpen it to crystal clarity. How can TV help us think deeply? Join us as we think Inside the Box. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear.
1: A philosophical look at TV worth thinking about.
0: You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to... Philosophy Talk. Coming up, after the news. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. We continue
1: conversations that began on the Stanford campus at Philosopher's Corner. That's where the philosophy department is. Ken and I are both professors of philosophy there. Today, we'll be Thinking Inside the Box. What box do we have in mind? Television. We're looking at
0: TV through the lens of philosophy. You know, John, television is often described as a vast wasteland of mind-numbing entertainment. And there is some truth to that complaint. I mean, far too often, TV appeals to the lowest common denominator by promoting tasteless titillation and graphic gore. But television can be an amazingly
1: powerful medium, and sometimes it is. I mean, the magic of television can bring you the whole drama of human life right into your living room. You can witness history
0: unfolding, and you can be transported to the furthest reaches of the imagination. So in this episode of Philosophy Talk, we've decided to honor television at its best. We shine the Klieg lights on TV programs past and present that make us think some of the shows will consider wrestle with gut-wrenching ethical
1: dilemmas. Then there are shows that consider traditional philosophical topics like faith and reason or religion and science. And then there's those that deal with really deep issues about space and time and mind-bending metaphysical mysteries.
0: And we've invited a whole slew of thoughtful people to help us think inside the box, including a pair of television critics, a pair of past guests of our show, and a lineup of regular listeners. Well, Ken, let's start by asking each other what we find valuable in television. Is there a program that's been stimulating your philosophical brain cells lately? There are a couple, but one in particular is Fringe. I think it's like it's fourth season. I started on this one late and you know, I love this program. It's so rich and so imaginative. It's got this science fiction element with parallel universes and all this strange quantum physics stuff going on, but it's also a deeply moral thing because there's a guy, Walter, and then his duplicate in the other universe, Walternate, with the same psychology, with both brilliant, both very sort of forceful people, and one is presented as utterly evil and sinister, and the other is presented as the guy who's out to save all this. But they're the same person with the same psychology. So I think it's really deep. It's really very deep. What's tickling your philosophical fancy? Well, I've always had a
1: weakness for mystery and detective shows. Back in the day, you had Dragnet, and, you know, you had these two cops. They were perfectly straightforward individuals who did everything by the book. But now you have much more interesting characters who are flawed themselves and sometimes really cut corners in your face with, what well, were they justified in doing that to get the bad guy or to get around the official entanglement from above? My favorite right now is Luther. Luther is really deeply flawed, violent, moody, but quite brilliant. But he's worked himself into a situation where he's really dependent on a murderer, a woman that he tried to convict for murder that she was definitely guilty of. And she got a crush on him. And now she she works in the background, uh, helping keep his life simple in ways that that he doesn't know whether to appreciate or what. So it's really quite interesting. And I like it.
0: So, look, I'll make a deal. i watch some Luther if you watch some French. I will definitely make a deal, and I might even follow through on it. Now, John, bringing thoughtful television to life takes a whole array of people. It takes writers, producers, directors, but especially actors. Television drama would be nothing without great actors. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Ash, to a school for budding TV stars to see what she could learn about that process. She files this report.
2: There's no business like show business, like no business I know.
3: You, as an actor, need to voluntarily get yourself in a vulnerable and meaningful place. At the
2: Actors Center in San Francisco, the crowd isn't exactly what you'd expect. There's a taxi driver, a handyman, a high school student. Each has dreams of performing and looks to television for inspiration. One of my favorite characters is the main character on Hung, and she's so quirky and she's just, she has absolutely no ego.
1: In Breaking Bad, I'm. I'm just blown away by the two main actors, the two meth cookers.
0: And especially Michael C. Hall in in, in Dexter and in uh, Six Feet Under, he's incredible. He's just so truthful and and both characters he plays are so complex but in totally different ways. That's
2: really where it's at, like you can't go into television, even if it's television, like lowly television. But that's what it's all about, is just like letting go of your ego and just letting the world see you as you are, as your goofy self.
3: That's the name on the street for the Oswald Maximum Security Penitentiary. I sat there with Oz and I watched, I think, five or six episodes in one evening. It was like six hours. I could not turn it off. (laughs) Shelley Mitchell
2: teaches beginning actors. She says TV has gotten really good, like the miniseries Angels in America, starring Al Pacino and Meryl Streep. The drama is based on a play by the same name, and it takes place back in the 80s, revolving around the lives of gay men living with AIDS.
3: When it was over, I felt I was shaking, and I felt like I had been to the theater. To get to that level,
2: Mitchell says she pushes her acting students to extremes, farther than one would ever go in a performance.
3: This exercise is called private moment, and you just go as far as you can, and and it has its own catharsis about it. A student sits on stage under the bright lights. His
2: eyes are closed, he's breathing heavy, he's sweating a little. He does a quick exercise to loosen up. The idea is to act out an everyday routine, totally normally, like no one's watching. It's actually harder than it looks. The student takes a swig from a can and reaches for his harmonica. All this time, the rest of the class sits watching in the dark. It goes on for about 20 minutes. He drinks, he reads, he plays. Sometimes it's totally natural, and sometimes it looks like he's acting. Again, Shelley Mitchell.
3: For amateur actors, the feeling is, oh, the words are all there. It's written well. Oh, I, I, I can just protect myself. No, you need to be in a meaningful place for yourself and then give of yourself through the brilliant writing, hopefully, that you've been handed with the script. Mitchell says she tries to teach her students what it is to let go of the ego and
2: truly become a conduit for human emotion. And that's what makes good television. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Esch.
0: Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.